0: The Links and Locks Podcast. Better than most.
1: Better than most. Better than most.
2: <laughs> winner, winner, ticket yes. down! Four!
0: You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Links and Locks Podcast, going through our favorite DFS plays from the top to the bottom of the board yes we'll get to the very bottom of that board this week i'm jason sobel from golf bet he's len hockberg from Wire. coming up we're going to break down the wells fargo championship and just in case you haven't heard don't go looking for it at quail hollow this year they're taking a little detour the dc area <laughs> TPC potomac at evanel farm this year as quail hollow will play host to the president's cup later this year all right let's get right into it as we do at the
3: start of the pod every week, Len, what's going on, first of all? How are you, second of all? Third of all, give us some
0: game theory for this week.
3: I am doing well, and I am also old enough to remember when TPC Potomac at Avenel Farm used to be referred to as Avenel, and they used to play the Kemper Open there, and then they didn't because, well, how can I say this delicately? The golfers hated it. Uh <laughs> You know, they redid the course in 2009. They brought in Pete Dye, Tom Fazio. They brought in every name architect under the sun. This was too big a job for just one guy. Mm-hmm. And because the they, golfers really didn't like the course. Greg Norman, and I'll mention it because we are obligated to mention Greg Norman once every podcast now for some reason he wanted to blow up what I think was the sixth hole one of the holes he really hated it so much they redid the course and we have some course history here because they played the quick and loans national in the the old tiger tournament in 2017 and 2018 not too long ago it's a hard track since 2009 they played a champions major they played two corn ferry tours some of the guys in the field played in those corn ferry events in 2012 2013, and then 27 and 2018, the Quicken Loans National. Four of those times, single digits, one. Real outwire last time, 2018, Molinari at 21 under. Crazy, but a hard track, par 70, only two par fives, a lot of long par fours, rough water. Really got to hit the ball straight. Iron play is really a premium this week. That's what I'll be looking at. I'm sure you will be too. Bogey avoidance, very big this week. Par four, 450 to 500 yards. Approach play from 175 yards. This was one of the hardest courses on tour in 2017. And the absolute hardest hole on the entire PGA Tour in 2017, majors included, was the 470-yard 11th hole. So there's a lot of teeth and a lot of bite to this course. You just got to keep the ball in play or you're in trouble.
0: All right. I like that breakdown. Let's get to our DFS plays. For this week. And there's only five guys in five figures this week. Very interesting that Rory McElroy more expensive this week than John Rahm was last week. I wonder if that's just in direct response to what John Rahm did. John Rahm was 40-45% in some contests last week. And so I wonder if DraftKings just said, look, if you're gonna take the best player on the board, we're just gonna raise them up. And so Rory, who's twice the price in the Betting markets is actually more expensive in DFS, which doesn't quite make sense, but they're making us choose a little bit. So Rory at eleven five, Tony Fee coming off a great Sunday, he's nine hundred less as the second player on the board. He's ten six, Abraham Answer ten four, Corey Connors
3: 10-1. Matt Fitzpatrick rounds out that very, very top tier at 10,000. What are you looking at here, Len? I do like Rory. Maybe not the best fit, but the greens are very small, 4,200, 4,300. The greens in regulation are going to be a little bit harder, but I think that could also help the poorer Putters this week. So I do like Rory. I do like Corey Connors at 10 1. There's going to be a lot of Corey Connors type guys. We're just these great iron players. Just look at that up and down the board. I mean, you're not going to go too deep into the 7,000s and find too many of them, but I think we'll still find some in the upper sevens. Finao, I'm a little hesitant on. You know, it was such a bad field last week. He had one really great round to finish it. They were playing on the Pespallum Greens. He didn't even putt well on those. Answer, not playing his best right now, but was fourth year, I think in 2018. Mm -hmm. So some people may want to look at that. I don't know. I probably shouldn't dismiss Matt Fitzpatrick, but I like McElroy and Connors best of those guys. So a couple of thoughts on Rory McIlroy here
0: and the first is that you don't necessarily have to drive it 320 yards down the fairway at this golf course and so that takes the advantage out of Rory's hands but like you said Len you're going to have a lot of these mid and longer irons into the greens and not having everyone just with a hundred yard wedge shots into the greens almost that takes the disadvantage out of Rory's hands as well and so it's very interesting that okay, he doesn't necessarily need driver everywhere. So, you know, that's the club he hits best, but he also doesn't necessarily need wedge everywhere. He's not going to have wedge everywhere. And that's maybe the clubs that he hits worst. And so I wonder if they negate a little bit. And anyway, it's one long-winded way for me to say that (laughs) I like Rory this week, especially where, and we'll get to the players in the next couple of tiers below these guys, not a whole lot of guys that I love in the 9,000s and 8,000s. So this might be a studs and duds, stars and scrubs, whatever you want to call it, kind of lineup this week. And so just based on what you can fit in there, and there are a lot of guys that are cheaper that I like this week, I might just have Rory because, hey, he's best player available, so why not throw him into some lineups? The rest of these guys in the five digits, I like all of them. I can see now coming off that heater on Sunday. Answer I don't love, but maybe he's not owned enough. Has a share of the course record, 62, that fourth place finish back in 18. Corey Connors is the one guy that I really do like a lot. Corey Connors fits this golf course. There's suggestions that this might be a U.S. Open style setup where it's just going to be hitting mid-iron to mid-iron just all over the place and trying to hit these small greens. Corey Connors does that really well. In the betting markets, in most books, he's the second player on the Mm -hmm. list right after Rory. On DFS, he's fourth this week. 1400 behind rory so i do think there's some inherent value there and look if we talk u.s open style course matt fitzpatrick plays his best golf we say it all the time when the score is closer in relation to par than a birdie fest where you gotta shoot 21 under which i don't think we're gonna have like we did with francesco molinari the last time there was an event here all right getting into the nine thousands Tyrrell hatton mark leishman keegan bradley russell henley gary woodland Patrick Reed, six players there. Who's your favorite?
3: Now, it's interesting you mentioned U.S. Open type course because I went back and looked at my notes from when I previewed the tournament in 2017. Mm. And Hudson Swappert, who had played in the Corn Ferry Web back then in 2012 and 2013, he used those words. This is a U.S. Open type track. If that doesn't illustrate it for people, I don't think anything will. Mark Leishman played great in 27 and 2018 at this tournament. He was 13th one year, 5th another He's not really at his best right now. So I'm a little conflicted on him. Keegan Bradley, the next guy along with the Corey Connors lineage, where if the score is low, his iron play, his accuracy will really carry him and he won't have to rely too much on his putter. I like him a lot at 9,600 and still along those lines, although a better putter by far than Keegan Bradley is Russell Henley. One of the great iron players this year.
0: Yeah. I'm going to get sucked into a lot of Russell Henley this week, as I (laughs) usually do look, the results are there. If nothing else, I get, if you don't want to bet them outright in the betting marketplace, I totally understand that. And I'm with you. And I'm, I sort of feel like I'm pot committed at this point, but The floor is extremely high for Russell Henley before missing the cut at the RBC Heritage. Let's go back down the list. He was 30th at the Masters, then 13th, 13th, 33rd, 33rd, 14th, 2nd, 22nd, 7th. He just shows up every single week. Those irons are good enough to at least put him in position where he's not going to kill you in a DFS lineup, especially not at 9,300. And so he's the guy in this range that I look at and say, look, he's got the upside, he's got the potential, but he certainly doesn't have... That much downside, and so I do like Russell Henley a lot. And then Gary Woodland played pretty well again last week. Again, it's he's another guy with a high floor, potentially high ceiling. We haven't quite gotten to the ceiling recently, but I still like Woodland. All right, getting to the eight thousands, and I mentioned not a lot of guys in the nine thousands. I like not a lot of guys in the eight thousands. I like Casey Garcia, Homa, Siwoo Kim, Power Day, Simpson, Cameron Young. The two guys that stand out to me. As guys who fit this golf course, guys that are like Max Homa, who's won this tournament back, of course, at Quail Hollow, but just a good iron player, good all-around steady player. And then Webb Simpson, just for the inherent value there, average price per player on DraftKings when you're making a lineup, of course, is eighty-three thirty-three. Webb Simpson at 8,100 at less than Jason Day, that feels like a lot of value. I get it. He hasn't been playing his best golf, but I spoke with Webb a couple of weeks ago. He said he's past the neck injury that he had earlier this year that Kept him from playing for a handful of weeks, said he's back to practicing the way he needs to, the way he wants to, preparing for events. And so those results are going to come. This feels like one where when you don't have to bang it 300 yards down the fairway, It plays into Webb Simpson's hands a little
3: bit. I do like him at that number. The stat in the 8,000s that stood out for me more than anything else, it actually comes from the DraftKings Sportsbook, was Seamus Power was 25 to 1 a few hours ago on this Monday before we are recording. That's better than Homa. That's better than Sergio, who I also like. That's better than Keegan Bradley. I mean, somebody over at the Sportsbook really likes Seamus Power. And I understand it, just playing so well. I mean, he's, what, 40th. In the world, so enough said right there. Top 10s, top 15s this year played well at the Masters, too. twenty seventh. I do like Max Homa, like you do. Max Homa, he doesn't have an elite stat, he doesn't have a really bad stat. It looks yeah. like he, you could put him anywhere, Swiss Army knife him into any golf course, and he can represent. He's and sort of a I poor do- man's
0: Patrick Cantlay or Xander Shoffley, which is like you know, not necessarily. The best at anything, but just very good
3: across the board, like you said. Another amazing stat, unrelated to kind of anything. Max Holm has never been in the top 25 in the world. He's got three wins. I don't know if he's even been in the top 30. So it really strikes me for someone who's wins with somewhat regularity now but regardless and i do like sergio at 8700 you know not what he used to be but when we're talking about a course where you don't have to get into a putting contest 8700 certainly a favorable price that can fit into a lot of lineups. so those are my three in the 8000s
0: all right let's get to the 7000s and len i'm gonna let you go first because i'm gonna need a minute I've got 12 names written down in the 7,000s. When I said earlier that I don't like a lot of 9,000s, don't like a lot of 8,000s, essentially I come down to the 7,000s and I like almost everybody. So I'll let you go first here and then I'll rattle off just way too many names they are going to leave your head spinning. But there are a lot of guys with tons
3: of value in this range. I like a lot of guys too. I don't have 12, but maybe I have six. A few of them way down toward the bottom, but along the Connors, Bradley Henley thread Keith Mitchell Keith Mitchell $7,800 has not played much lately he played two rounds at the Zurich he missed the cut with Brent Snedeker other than that he hasn't played since the match play so if nothing else he should be rested ninth on tour in that par four 450 to 500 that I'm going to be looking at this week Sepp Straka continues to play well at 7,600. I don't want to misspeak here and say that TPC Potomac is a match for PGA National, but there are some similarities. There's a par 70. you got to be accurate. There's a lot of water. You can't get in trouble there. So there's enough there to make me think that Sepstraka can deliver right there. Alex Smalley, another good week last week at 7,300. Matthias Schwab, the other Austrian, gets sort of lost probably back home in all of what Straka has been doing. He's made six of seven cuts, three top tens, including PGA National. A couple other guys, Martin Laird, my guy, Luke List. I think that's six for me right there.
0: Okay, like I said, I'm going way too deep. I got a couple of the same ones as you. Starting at the top at 7,900, Matt Kuchar, Been playing some good golf lately. Good, solid golf. Third place at the RBC Heritage. Second at the Valero Texas Open. I'm not sure how much better you want him coming in as far as form to this one. But Kucher certainly seems like he's ready for a little career revitalization. Keith Mitchell next on that list. Look, I really like Keith Mitchell. I don't know what to tell you. He's (laughs) one of the guys out there that I think has more value than a ton of other players and continues to in a field like this own a tremendous amount of value at 7,800. I don't even like him necessarily that much at this golf course. And yet I'm deathly afraid of not having him in lineups and not having him in the betting markets that I've been all over him this year already. So I will continue to be on him right now. Doug Gim I like a little bit. Kevin Strillman is one of those guys like answer who has a share of the course record 62 back in 2018 tends to play the same courses. Well, year in year out, Joel Damon finished 12th in his last start. Joel Damon's been hitting the ball really well lately and you remember his win in Putacana last year. It was windy, it was rainy, it was kind of nasty. Well, that wind and rain and cool weather is going to blow into the D.C. area, I believe, starting on Friday. And so you might want to find some mutters out there. I know that's probably Rory McElroy's music, but Joel Damon has proven he can do it in that type of weather as well. Lonto Griffin played pretty nicely, especially on Sunday last week. All right, here's one of my favorite plays on the board this week, Len. You'll hear me talking a lot about this guy. Troy Merritt. Now, I do most of my research and go through most of my picks on Sunday evening, and so I think, ah, here's a guy that no one's really talking about. He won in the D.C. area back in 2015 at RTJ, not too far away. He was 17th at this very golf course, TBC Potomac, back in 2018. He's got a 12th and a 4th place finish in his last two starts. Wow, all that sounds pretty good. The part that doesn't sound great, when DraftKings came out with their odds, which doesn't correlate to their DFS prices whatsoever, Troy Merritt is the same price, 35 to 1, as Abraham Answer, Sergio Garcia, Gary Woodland, and Paul Casey. Come on, DraftKings. You've got to be kidding me. In any case, (laughs) we can find the value. FanDuel has it 75 to 1 to open up. I don't know how they're that far away on this, but in any case, at 7,500 on... DraftKings in DFS this week I think there's some value there I really do like Merritt CT Pan played pretty well last week gets a shorter golf course Alex Smalley as you mentioned Denny McCarthy in his hometown event and Bo Hostler who has been a little all or nothing you've got to understand that it's high ceiling low floor for Bo Hostler so far this year he's played 10 events missed the cut 5 times but of the
3: 5 where he's made the cut Four of them have been top twenty finishes. Len, I did have Matt Kuchar on my list until I saw his price. That scared me off. Seventy nine hundred. I would have liked him more at seventy five, but I do see him potentially playing well this week. And about Denny McCarthy, I did get a chuckle, and I do like the fact that they bring him in for the pre-tournament interview because he's from the area. It's a special week for him. He's not a member here, but he's played the course a lot, so he certainly should have some advantage or knowledge anyway.
0: The locals want to hear from their guy. All right, let's get to the 6,000s. You always have a guy who's very, very cheap. I want to beat you to the cheapest player this week, but I'll let you go first. I've got one down the list,
3: though. I'm on a crusade to identify at least one guy, if not two, at 6,500 or less every week. I actually have two, but I will start out with Sung Kang at 6,900. Hey, this guy has played TPC Potomac three times in the past decades, top six every time, He was third in 2018, fifth in 2017, and even sixth at the Corn Ferry event in 2013. Who are we to argue? A little pricey at 6,900. Hayden Buckley at 6,500. His season has definitely been front loaded in the fall series, but he's still pretty good off the tee, 14th, 15th in driving accuracy. Really at 6,500. If you can make it to Saturday, you're playing with house money at that point. And Vaughn Taylor at 6,300. Vaughn Taylor, he withdrew last week mid-tournament with a shoulder injury. So if not a red flag, a yellow flag. He is in the field, so he must feel he can compete. But 20th in driving accuracy, top 80 on tour in tee to green. Pretty good numbers, 450 to 500, the long par fours. And in a long iron play, again, if his shoulder is okay, I think he can make it to the weekend.
0: I like that. I've got... Five guys down here in the 6,000, starting with Sam Ryder. Last time we saw him, Zurich Classic finished solo third alongside Doc Redman. There's some suggestion that uh, maybe a little bit more Ryder than Redman there, although I like both of those guys, and I've liked Redman for a while, but I think Ryder could have a decent week. Kevin Chapel I liked last week until he withdrew. Might want to wait and kind of check up and see if there's any – inklings of you know how he's feeling why he withdrew there was no reason given last week and he's had some injuries over the past few years so just want to check on that but if he's playing i think he'll play well love hayden buckley who you mentioned i think that could be a really nice play satoshi kodera was t15 last week and now goes to a place where it's 300 yards shorter he plays much better on shorter golf courses that could be a nice play at 6400 and now are you ready for it, Len? <laughs> I'm ready. I, I've been waiting for this one, and I couldn't wait for the prices to come out. And I'm like, come on, don't be like 7500 At 6000 the absolute minimum this week, Eugenio Lopez-Shakara. If you don't know the name, he plays at Oklahoma State. He's a junior. He is number four on the World Amateur Golf Ranking so far. He's got two wins and two other top five finishes in his college starts already this season. On my radio show, Hitting the Green, earlier today, I mentioned that he's a very good ball striker. And my co host, Will Haskett, who knows about these things, cut me off and said, No, he's not. I said, like, Well, I yeah, he is. Isn't he a very good ball striker? He said, like, No, he's a great ball striker. He's a nice. tour ready ball striker. We're looking at ball striking this week. I will have Eugenio Lopez Shakara in a lot of my lineups at 6,000 this week. And that's one of the reasons why, liking Him at 6,000, a bunch of guys in the 7,000s, you can go high with some of these guys. You can get the Rory's and the Finau's and the Connors into your lineups because I'm going to have one spot where I'm barely spending anything. I'm going for the minimum this week.
3: I'm very impressed. I don't want to say I knew the name. Well, I knew the name for about three hours (laughs) and uh, I didn't know it before this morning. So I wasn't familiar with him and 6000 is bold, and I'll be watching him. I hope he does well.
0: We are now joined by the hosts of the Better Golf Podcast, Nick Bretwish and Spencer Aguiar. These guys are golf betting experts, specialists in the finishing position markets, here to provide their favorite top five, top 10, and top 40 plays for this week's Wells Fargo Championship.
1: Thank you, Jason. We are very excited to be back with the Action Network after a great week last week at the Mexico Open. We are going to kick it off in the top placement market for the Wells Fargo, for me, the first play in the top 40 market is going to be Sep Straka. Top 40 is plus 125 on FanDuel. My price is minus 110 in my model. DK's got him all the way down to minus 135. Seems like the market's sitting right around minus 115. This dude is in great form. Three straight top 30 finishes. Six top 30 finishes in his last eight events, all with very strong fields, which I don't know. It's debatable if we have a strong field this week. I'd say it's much better than the last couple weeks. But he is number 12 in my model overall with very solid mid to long iron play. Despite the struggles with the par four scoring, I'm going to take the value my model shows here against the market and with FanDuel at plus 125. Next up is a guy I don't know. I hate betting him. Maybe Spencer's got some thoughts on him, but... Kevin Streelman, top 40, plus 135. My price is plus 100, so even money there. I don't really have an edge on the market like we do with Substrack. It seems like everybody has in price right around that 130 mark. My numbers seem to really like Streelman here, even after the two missed cuts. This course fit with the long iron and ball striking requirements should get Streelman back to where he was in March, where he posted three straight top 25 finishes. And the last play for me... Arguably the best course fit overall, not name, you know, Rory or Tony Finau, these top tier studs. For my model is Johnny Vegas. He is number 10 in my model. Top 40 on FanDuel is plus 115. My price is minus 115. I don't know what else to say. Three straight top 30 finishes and just everything about this course fits Johnny Vegas's game, in my opinion. And I know one other guy that we are both on. With that, I will kick it to you, Spencer. What do we got on the card this week?
2: Thanks, Nick. I've been saying it over and over again this week, but TPC Potomac provides a one-two type of punch that accentuates driving accuracy and mid-iron play all while diminishing the importance for putting. You're going to see that ring true for my card at the Wells Fargo Championship, as I have five golfers that place inside the top 25 in ball striking and outside the top 100 for putting. I started with Martin Layard, top 40, plus 175 points bet. That is plus 160 on both DraftKings and FanDuel. We have seen Kyle Stanley win at this course in the past. So Laird's 129th place total in putting over a two-year sample size is right in that wheelhouse. And to be honest, I don't even think you necessarily need to stop at a top 40. He has positive upside trajectory and ranks fourth in this field when combining total driving and weighted proximity. Nick alluded to this a second ago. We are both on this player. Lucas Glover, top 40, plus 165 FanDuel, plus 130 DraftKings, plus 160 points bet. I keep putting the connection together between Glover and Laird, so it's only natural that I would want to add the American at around the same price. I just mentioned layered being fourth in this field when combining total driving and weighted proximity. And we actually have an improvement from there with Glover placing third. He isn't quite as reliable on firm and fast greens as you would hope to see, but I'm trying to find as many golfers that fit the required blueprint that I laid out. And Glover does that to a T. I took Doug Gim top 40 at plus 130 and Brendan Steele top 40 plus 140. Both of those wagers are on DraftKings. I have about 30 points of value on each one of those bets. And the only reason it wasn't more is because of the potential volatility that each possessed when I ran my long-term numbers. The downside with Gim is how he has handled firm and fast tests in the past. For Steele, it is more or less the same, just with a small reduction in other areas for upside. But I'm willing to take on some of the red flags because of how well each grades from T to green perspective. And then the final wager of the week for me is Joel Dahman, top 40 plus 125 on points bet. The metrics look stout across the board, ranking within the top 38 in every category that I ran for the week. And it typically is that safety I am looking for when I select golfers at or near plus 100 on the slate.
1: I love it. There you guys have it. We got Sepp Strecka, Kevin Streelman, Johnny Vegas, Martin Laird. Lucas Glover, who actually does not wear a glove, so ironic enough. Uh the Gim Reaper, Doug Gim, Brendan Steele, and Joel Damon all to finish top 40. It seems like every book I looked at really respects Joel Damon this week. So there you have it. We will kick it back to you, Jason, and thank you guys a lot and good luck this week.
0: All right, let's get to our lineup. And Glenn, while you
3: kick it off and uh, and go with our first play for this week. It sounds like we've got a lot of guys under 7,500, even under 7,300 that we can go up high a little bit. We both like Corey Connors this week and he's been playing so well. He didn't have a great start to 2022, but he's found something the last five or six times out. Just in a lights out iron player, $10,100. Connors is my favorite high-end play. Shakara is my favorite low-end play. We've now got both of them on the team. All right. Okay. So there's plenty left. I think we still can go pretty high here. So I'm going to be the glutton again this week and taking the high price guys and let's do Russell Henley for all the reasons we talked about earlier, whether he can win or not. He doesn't really have to at 9,300. First on tour, strokes gained approach is kind of a good stat for this week.
0: I love that play. I'll have a lot of Henley this week. I'll go with another guy that both of us mentioned before, and we both like him. We both think he's undervalued at 7,800 let's keep riding that kill a Keith train hmm. Mitchell
3: what do we got left here we've
0: got sixteen eight left 8,400 per
3: man and remember I like a lot of the guys in the 7,000 so feel free to spend Keegan Bradley uh dollars. these are the courses where he can compete and he can win he doesn't have to putt well just the small greens will help you avoid three putts just by being on the green. So 9,600, I am just going to fill my plate with 10,000 and 9,000 guys and leaving you crumbs. Love it. I absolutely love that because there are plenty of guys who are 7,200
0: and less, which is what we have to spend, that I do like. I mentioned Bo Hossler earlier. If I'm going for more of a contrarian lineup, if I'm going for, hey, this we're putting this into a big contest. And hey, maybe we have a chance. Maybe we completely lose and he misses the cut and he finishes 127th as he did at the RBC Heritage where he shot 79-75. It's possible. You're taking a chance there. Instead, I'm going to go with the guy who's a little more stable. Maybe there's more of a cash game play. Everyone really liked Mark Hubbard coming into last week. Played a long golf course in Mexico, nearly 7,500 yards. Finished 51st. Chipped in twice for Eagles in the first round, by the way. Prior to that, In a combination of corn Ferry and PGA Tour events, he'd been 12th, 9th, 66th, 5th, 38th, 15th, 6th, 33rd. The guy's playing some really solid golf right now on a shorter golf course, and he's one of the shortest hitters on the PGA Tour. Ranks 200th out of 209 this year. Doesn't need to hit it 320 this week, as I mentioned earlier. I think Mark Hubbard is a really nice play. I'm going to throw him in there at 7,100. There's a the lineup: Keegan Bradley, Eugenio Lopez, Shakara, Corey Connors, Russell Henley, Mark Hubbard,
3: Keith Mitchell. What do you think, Len? I love it. And, you know, we got some high-priced guys in there, and we only had to dip once into the six thousand. So that's a pretty interesting lineup. That doesn't happen too often, I guess. Going all the way to down to six thousand, bold pick, but I'm I'm rooting for it. I will be fascinated to see the top and the bottom end this week. I want to see how many people
0: after John Rom went wire to wire in Mexico. How many people say, ah, recency bias, you know, the best player in the field won last week. So I got to jump on the best player in the field this week. I wonder how much that affects Rory McElroy's ownership percentages this week. And then at the very bottom, the guy I was talking about, Lopez Shakara, number four in the world amateur golf ranking. I want to see how many people are doing their, their research, how many people are studying, how many people are listening to the links and locks podcast and jumping on the guy we just told him about, I can't wait to see the ownership percentage on him. It might be just me, and that may be a large percentage of the ownership with just my lineups this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this edition of the Links and Locks podcast. Remember, you can find us everywhere you find your favorite podcast. Subscribe, download, listen to us, and rate us every single week. For Lynn Hochberg, I'm Jason Sobel. Good luck with your DFS lineups. For this week's Wells Fargo Championship, here's open you! Hit the grave.